You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new documentary, IOUSA, our guest today, Patrick Creedon, interweaves archival footage and economic data to paint a vivid and alarming profile of America's current economic situation. Creedon began his career as one of the youngest cameramen in the history of PBS, shooting and producing cinema verite-style stories for the critically acclaimed series The 90s, one of my favorites. His feature-length directorial debut was the award-winning documentary film about the New York Times crossword editor and national public radio personality Will Shorts. IOUSA will screen here at UCI February 19, 2009. Patrick Creedon, welcome to Film School. Hi, Nathan. Thanks for having me back. And how are you doing? We're doing really well. It's great to have you back. Where, where are you located? Where are you right now? We are in Los Feliz, uh-huh. uh, and we live there, and we have an office there, and uh, my wife and I work together, and yes, we have yes. three, three kids just down the street, so it's like we got a little we got a little enclave here in yes. Los Feliz. Excellent. That's such now, a nice neighborhood. Yeah. I like Los Feliz a lot. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We, used to, we used to work in our guest house, like behind our house. And this year we finally made the big leap, and we have our own office now. It's very exciting. Oh, okay. so, so you like uh, getting, well, getting away from work. I guess is the way it works. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's it's um it's fun. We we made two movies. Uh, we literally made two movies in our in our spare bedroom. We made Wordplay, and we made IOUSA uh-huh. uh, at home in our in our in our guest house, and. Um, and I, in some ways, they, it was very lucky for us. We were very, we, we've, we've had a good run so far. So hopefully our new office will bring us good luck, too. Well, can I just say, isn't it remarkable that you were able to make two feature-length documentaries in your bedroom? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, in this day and age, with, the, with, the, with all the technology that's available, and I mean, we've talked about obviously going back to your roots in the, with that show, The 90s, and how you were at really the beginning of the sort of video digital revolution. You were able to really kind of a witness, bear witness to that uh, and see how it's progressed to a point where you can – what, what do you use, a Mac? Are you on a Macintosh? And, we're on and, a Mac. We cut on Final Cut. And on we Final use, Cut. Uh, yeah. We use a um, – I mean, I, you know, for a while I was a professional cameraman and I had a Betacam, which is, you know, the, that real large body mm-hmm. camera. And I shot a lot of sort of – TV shows and stuff like that with that, but I when I started, which was back in the early '90s, it was it was on that show called the '90s, and and I mean I learned everything I learned there. Uh, I'm still using today, which is you don't need a lot of equipment, you don't need a lot of money necessarily to go out and and make a documentary about somebody. And those guys, Tom Weinberg and, and uh, Skip Blumberg and Joel Cohen, those are all guys that were that sort of created the '90s. Um, they uh, they've always believed that um, good storytelling can be independent. It, it can be small. Now, now people hear independent and small and verite, and they think sloppy. That that's uh-huh. not necessarily the case. Some some of the best filmmakers. Alive, like the Barbara Koppels and the Albert Mazels and the D.A. Pennybakers, those are folks who I think 
they believe in the same things we do, which is keep it small, keep it honest, um, find good characters, and you can tell a really good story on, on basically, I, I would say, kind of a shoestring budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I throw Frederick Wiseman in that mix as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, we had many great characters in wordplay. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, and, and this is about crossword puzzles. Now, how, how do you move from uh, crossword puzzles to the economy of the U.S.? What, what uh, shifted your focus there? Well, people thought we couldn't possibly find a worse topic than crossword puzzles, so we decided, <laughs> we decided to prove them wrong, and we made a movie about the national debt. Uh-huh. And people are like, oh, my God, you're, you're right. That is a worse topic than crossword puzzles. Um, but, you know, really the film was, um, it's really for people who haven't seen it, and, and I, I, I'll mention the website because the website is really actually very good, and you can look at the trailer yes. and stuff. It's called, the website is iousathemovie.com. Um, really, our movie is about, um, our movie's about economics, really, and, and it's, which is a subject that people run away from it in horror. Uh, uh, most people do, because economics is very complex. I mean, they call it the dismal science. Yeah. Good reason. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm 41 years old. I have three children. Uh, we have a mortgage. You know, I, I guess I'm a grown-up now, and uh, as much as I'd like to not be one. And I felt like there, it was time for me to understand things like... Um, you know, like the federal government and the budget that we have and the budget deficits that we run. What exactly is the national debt? You know, what what does that mean? Uh, how much does it cost? Um, trade imbalances, um, personal savings, all these things that you kind of hear about and they sort of put you to sleep. You know, if you look at the front page of the New York Times, let's say, and there's two stories. One story is about, um, uh, I don't know, let's say, President-elect Obama picking his new cabinet members. That's kind of a cool story. If there's another story about Medicare reform, uh-huh. it sounds awful. And no one wants to read that because it just sounds boring. But what we realized was those sort of sleepy, boring topics are the big issues that are really important. And if we don't get a handle on them, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, so, so, so basically what we did to try to – when we set out to make this film was to – sort of explain to people in an easy-to-understand way um, some of these fundamentals of economics and and sort of what the overall financial health of our country is. And unfortunately, our film is is very well-timed because this is on everyone's mind now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think our movie is a good way to familiarize people. Our movie's really, it's very nonpartisan. We try not to really pick sides. We just sort of explain where we've been, where we are, and, and where we're going to be heading um, if we continue to do what we've been doing. So, so you plan the uh, the release of this film to coincide with the economic meltdown of the United States. <laughs> the greatest <laughs> economic meltdown in 65 years. Is that is that how you were? Yeah, which were you know, I wish I was that smart, but I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we started making the film two years ago, People said, you know, why would you make a movie about our financial health? Everything's fine. You know, the stock market's at 14,000 or 13,000. Yeah. You know, why, why now? And mainly, the, the main reason we did it was we figured, you know, it's going to take us a year and a half or so to make the film, which means that the film will come out during an election cycle. Um, and 
this would be a good opportunity to teach the people to teach people some fundamentals about something they otherwise wouldn't know much about. So, so when you know when we started it, we we're like, well, I mean, whether or not the movie's going to be timely or not doesn't really matter. We just think it's a good story. It really hasn't been done, and so we we did it. Mm-hmm. And and of course, what a difference eighteen months can make. Not I mean, now the- now well, now we're in, like you said. Now we we have a real financial problem on our hands. And I think one of the things that makes that problem worse than it is otherwise is that most people just don't even understand what the problem is. They they don't understand what it is and how to fix it. Well, you do a a great job of laying out the fundamentals. And I I like the device you use, too, with you you just have people on the street and you ask them what the trade deficit is. Right. And nobody really knows what the trade deficit is, but but, but it, it points that out. Very well, and then it, with, without getting into uh, um, well details that would put you to sleep, you explain okay. things, it, it, which helps a lot. I, there's so many people, like you say, they'll see a story in the paper, they'll go for the blood, and they won't go for the thing that's really going to affect their lives. They'll go f- with what bleeds. Right, right, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think that... Uh, um, I think one of the things that, that sort of helped our efforts or helped with the film was that we worked with the same team that we worked with on wordplay. So our editor, Doug Blosh, has a fantastic sense of humor, and he could kind of make anything funny. And so, you know, he and I worked with the footage that we had, those interviews that you had mentioned, like the man on the streets. And they're funny. You know, it's it's funny and it's engaging. It's kind of warm, and you're like, oh, man, I'm just like that guy. I don't know anything about this stuff. And at the same time, we worked with Brian Oakes, our graphics designer. And that guy is a genius. I mean, he he did all the graphics in Wordplay by himself. He did all the graphics in IOUSA by himself. Um, and it's... Uh, it's it's fun to watch this movie. I know that sounds crazy, but it really is. It's you learn a lot, well, you know. Yeah, I want to ask you where did you or how did you meet David Walker and Robert Bixby? What was your right. from from the Concord Coalition? How, yeah, explain yeah. who they are a little bit about because obviously they're they're very they're pivotal figures in your film. Yeah, these two guys are sort of the stars of the film, and um, David Walker. Uh, he he is the Comptroller General of the United States. He actually does not hold that position anymore. But when we interviewed him, he was the Comptroller General. What that means is uh, he runs the Government Accountability Office, which has 3,200 employees, uh, and he's basically the nation's top auditor. And he audits the books of, and the spending of the federal government. It's a very, very important job, um, and he... Uh, he is uh he's been called the most trusted man in Washington. He's an independent. He was appointed by Clinton. Um, he sort of was like the perfect uh, uh protagonist for this story because he knows the story so well. He doesn't have an axe to grind. So so that when we met him and learned about him, we thought, well, if he wants if he could be involved in the story, that would be terrific. And then we also met a guy named Robert Bixby who is the executive director of the Concord Coalition. They're based in Washington, and they're a nonpartisan uh, grassroots organization that, that, um, that advocates fiscal responsibility. And what happened was those two guys and a couple of other folks from different think tanks in Washington, some on the left, some on the right, uh, some in the middle, they, they kind of joined forces, and they, 
drove, uh, they, they, would, they would travel around the country and give town hall meetings and speak to, like, the Rotary Club and stuff. And, you know, it was sort of, uh, they're kind of like modern-day Paul Revere's, what they're doing. They're, they're warning people, listen, we have a really bad financial uh, storm on the horizon. When we found out about what they were doing, we thought, well, these guys, these guys sort of humanize our story. So let's follow them around. And they became the through line of the movie. And, they're, you know, they're really terrific. They're, they're really, um, I think they're very heroic, if you will. It's not a, what they do is not sexy. Uh, it's not necessarily that fun, uh, and and yet it's ex- what what they're trying to address is an extremely uh, dangerous problem that our country is facing, and um, so hats off to them for 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 their efforts. Patrick, I want to uh, I want to ask you: in the course of making this film, do you feel as if you acquired a certain er- expertise in the area of sort of the public financing and, and the sort of this realm? Do you feel like you really kind of no, now um, uh, more. Uh, are you enough? willing to step into say Paul Volcker's shoes, <laughs> <laughs> which are pretty big shoes? That yeah. guy's like six eight. <laughs> um, he really is. If I was putting together an all economist basketball team, I think Paul Volcker would have to be my starter. Would he was starting think, forward, starting power yeah, oh forward? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I think he'd be the um, one. I mean, he'd, I, he'd be the one position. He may, yeah. He might be your center, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I think Alice Ribble would make a really good point guard, too. She's pretty short. But, yeah, she uh, is pretty short. Uh, no, um, you know. I wouldn't say I'm an expert on this topic. Um, you know, when, it, when you're talking about macroeconomics and you're talking about um, something that's as big as the federal government or the U.S. economy, as, as big and complex as those things are, I'm not I'm, Honestly, I'm not sure anyone it could say that they are an expert on it, but but it, it, certainly but not are, Alan Greenspan. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me. The reason I'm asking you is because I <laughs> yeah. do want to ask you. Obviously, there are some very salient things to talk about uh, today, right now, this moment that are going Absolutely. on in the U.S. economy. And Absolutely. I don't want I don't want to push you into a discussion that you're going to feel completely uncomfortable with. But I just want to. I mean, we're oh, no. the, the Federal Reserve. I just want to get sort of into the nuts and bolts of this. Absolutely. R- right now. We're in the midst of a significant, catastrophic, titanic, Teutonic, <laughs> whatever you want to say, economic uh, period, meltdown. meltdown. Yeah. And the Federal Reserve, which, by the way, is a private institution. It's not a government institution. It's a privately, right. private corporation of sorts, is printing money as fast as they possibly can in order to hopefully stave off something really, truly catastrophic in the economy. Yeah. Is this, in your mind, a good thing, or do you? What, what do you? What's your What's your opinion about the situation um, as it stands? No, it's, it's, a, it's a very good question. I would say that. Um, well, our film advocates for responsible fiscal policy. Um, however, there is not a single person associated with our film, myself included. Who would argue to balance the budget next year? That that doesn't make any sense. We are. Let me let me let me let me just give you two numbers to give you to give you a sense of where we are. In two thousand and eight, okay, the budget deficit for the United States, which means now that's how much how much money we spent more than we took in in one given year. Okay, Uh the budget deficit for last year was four hundred and fifty-five billion dollars. That was the largest budget deficit we've ever had, um, as far as in a dollar amount. Does that? 
we've, we've had... Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. I just want to make sure, because that is a significant amount. However, it's my understanding that the war in Iraq is actually off the books. It's not actually included in the federal budget deficit. Um, that that I, that is some of it is, but I'm not. Well, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, okay. I, I have to say I don't really know the answer to that. Um, okay, go ahead. But, but I but 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 let me just let me just let me just kind of finish what I was going to say. Is yeah. Next year, next year we are looking at a trillion dollar yeah. budget deficit, yeah. which means that we're going to go from the largest budget deficit that we've ever had to twice that amount in one year yeah. it is a it is a that is a searing indictment in my opinion of the last eight years the fiscal policies of the of this current administration it, it is they have gotten us into a an absolutely terrible situation financially and, and of all the things that the president that this president has done badly you, you could make a case that his financial policies, his fiscal policies, are probably the worst thing that he's done. I mean, the war is a whole thing in and of itself, and the, there's been a lot of human lives. There have been a lot of lost lives, so you can never sort of put a number on what that, what that costs. But the truth is, as bad as the Iraq war has been, and I'm, 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 I'm not defending the war at all, I'm just saying – the fiscal policies of this administration, I think, are even worse yeah, than what the Iraq War was. And yet, all we've heard about for five years is the Iraq War, and, and rightly so. It's just while the Iraq War has been going on, our our government is going down the tubes financially. Yeah. And I, I will say one other thing about the war, because obviously this is a very important issue to a lot of people in our country. The war is very expensive, but it's it's not nearly as expensive as some of the other things that we spend in our government. Um, to give you an example, so far, what the, according to the GAO, according to Dave's group, the Government Accountability Office, they've spent somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to $900 billion on the Iraq War. Yeah. There's obviously going to be a lot bigger cost down the road. There's going to be a, that, that, that cat has a long tail, they say. Um, the, the war is going to cost It'll probably end up costing trillions of dollars. Well, they're talking a couple of trillion by the time yeah, we're Joe, Joe, Right. Joe Stiglitz uh, came up with that number of $3 right. trillion. Dollars. Right, right. Um, and that, that may very well be the case. However, just to give you an idea, the bailout that we're talking about is, is we're looking at seven or probably more, seven or eight or $900 billion. So the bailout alone is like another Iraq war. Yeah. Now we may get some of that money back yeah. because we're buying assets. We may, we may, but we may not. You know, I mean, I'm just saying there's, there's like so many, so much fiscal irresponsibility going on right now. It's hard to even, it's hard to even keep track of it all. One other thing is, <laughs> I was just going to point one other thing out is Medicare D, which was signed into law in 2003, it was pushed through primarily by the Republican Congress. This is the prescription, the prescription drugs, right? Exactly. Medicare D is the prescription drug benefit. That has been called the most fiscally irresponsible piece of legislation in the history of the country. That's, a, that's another $8 trillion uh, underfunding that, we've, that we created well, with, with the sign of the pen, with the, you know, with the, with the uh, stroke of a pen. Um, and it wasn't billed as such. It was... Uh, uh, I, I think that that was done in large part for political gains. George Bush had a big election coming up the next year, and he wanted to um, he wanted to 
do something that would be popular amongst um, the medical industry, but also senior citizens in our country. Right. I mean, I, my parents are in the, both 70. I love my parents very, very much. I don't think it's responsible to sign into law something that our country can't afford. You, you know, I, right. does that mean you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah no, I, I'm not I trying do. to demonize anyone. I'm just saying, listen, bottom line is this. This is kind of what our film tries to explain. The bottom line is if you want a big government, you have to pay for a big government. If you want a small government, you're going to pay less. But don't expect a large government and to pay for a small, small government. That, that's sort of... That's the easiest way I, get, I think you can explain what our message is. And right now, we have a very, very large government, and we have very, but we're paying for a very small one. And at the end of the day, that doesn't. That's kind of our whole thesis. Our whole, our whole point is, is to figure out what kind of government you want, and then pay for it. And we haven't done that. We haven't done that for a long time, and that's part of the reason we're in the mess that we're in. Mm-hmm. I, I, were, were you, were you going to add something to uh, that? No, yeah. I just I just want to remind our listeners that you're not listening to this week with uh, George Stephanopoulos. You're listening to Film School. <laughs> film School. And, <laughs> uh, this is, and we're speaking with Patrick Reeton, and his, and his film is called I O U S A. So, uh, I, and I hope it brings a lot of discussion out. I I, I yeah. hope that people go see this film and and uh, have the same type of discussions we're having, and 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 start to realize what the type of hole. We've we've dug for ourselves here in this country. I, I think a lot of people just like your friend. You were saying your friends earlier said, "Why are you making this film?" Two years ago, well, I, I think it's probably apparent to you why you were making the film. You were hoping it would be as apparent as it is now. Right. Uh, but but uh, and, and to Mike and I have been following economics now for a, a number of years. For I'd say for the last decade, we've been kind of uh, trying to dig in our heels and, and stop the tumble. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and here it is. We're we're starting to hit the bottom of the hill, and uh, yeah. we don't know where we're going. So uh, I would say that IOUSA, your film, really gives you the basic understandings of, of the, the problems we're facing. And what we do about those problems, that's another question. But this it least... is, I mean, that's a whole other film, I think. But, yeah. but I, I will, just one last thing I just want to sort of add is the best thing about making this film, and it was a very difficult film to make. It was a lot harder than wordplay was. But the best thing about it was that when the movie is done, people kind of um, just break into conversation, debate, um, Discussions like it's it's a it's a really good conversation starter. It's mm-hmm. not this is not a Michael Moore film. With all due respect to him, because I really do like his work, we did not uh, we we aren't. Th- we, this is not a flamethrower movie. Th- okay. This is a sit down and understand a very complex issue. And I'm glad we did it that way. Um, somebody else will probably make a film like this that will blame one person in one administration, and that's fine. That's, there's not a lot of truth in that, though. I would say I, I happen to be a Democrat. There are, there's as much blame to go around in the Democratic yeah, there, Party as there is in the Republican Party. There, and, 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 and on top of all that, individuals bear a lot of the blame. A lot of us are living beyond our means, and that's not good either. So it's, it's – and I hate, to, I, I hate to sound like Debbie Downer because I'm not. <laughs> we have a great country, and we have a, we're going to have a great future. But we have been living beyond our means for quite a while now. And we have to figure out how not to do that. That's yep. kind of the bottom well, line. Well, and I'm hoping that out of all this, and uh, by the way, I uh, I would uh, agree with you. I would blame the last four presidents, uh, myself, four maybe <laughs> five presidents. So, and that covers both uh, political parties. Um, 
But I, I think that uh, you, you're absolutely right. This is something that has been uh, long overdue, a discussion about what it is, what is government truly, not this kind of uh, uh, shell game that the Republicans have played with us about small government while ramping up the largest government in the history of the planet. Exactly. Uh, it, it, this is, we need some honest discussion about it. And really, truly, it, yeah. this movie will provoke that. It will spark that debate. Mm-hmm. Can I offer one small bit of critique <laughs> here? Please do. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't. This I can't, has been bugging me. I can't for quite let a while. this go away because I, I, no, while, while I do uh, understand and to some degree un, uh, agree with the need to watch entitlements and and to sort of make sure that these are fully funded and that everybody is you know bearing the, uh, a fair uh, share of that responsibility for funding them, I do think that the film kind of glosses over just how much military spending and the attendant. You know the uh, veterans affairs and 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 the homeland security and all of those things. It kind of it kind of glosses over what that's really costing us in terms of our budget. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right about that. And I think that one of the things that was very difficult when we made the film was there were a lot of details that we 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 wanted to include and we kind of didn't have room or time for them all. Right. Yeah. I agree. Our military spending is one of the largest. Uh, slices of the pie and um and it doesn't come back to us that's the other part of this equation so much of that spending never comes back to to enrich us as a society it only goes out the door so i hear you and you know my nickname in college and i'm not kidding my nickname in college was dondi because i was <laughs> a total peace love and understanding guy i still am yeah. um i do think our country needs to have a military i yes. think our military is probably too big and we need to rethink. I think we need a lot more diplomacy and a lot fewer tanks, quite frankly. Yes. But, well, Patrick, Patrick, if you yeah, just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. But I was just going to say, but, but, but one thing that is happening, and this is why I think we talk more about entitlements, entitlements, the way they're structured today, um, and this, this is mainly because of the rising cost of health care. It's not that Medicare and Social Security are fatally flawed, because they're not. But the rising cost of health care contributes to the un- underfunding of Medicare and Medicaid. But, but what I was going to say is those slices of the pie, especially Medicare, are growing much, much more quickly yeah. than the other slices yeah. of the federal government's budget. And that is a problem. That's yeah. something that, that – and I think that's why, like you said, there's more discussion of entitlement stuff because that seems to be the, the one sector of our spending that's – that's gro- well, it is the sector of our spending that's growing very, very quickly. Right. Anyways, right. yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I don't. I don't mean. I just. I just. That was something that's been bothering well, me, and I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're, yeah. We're peaceniks over here. Yeah. At, at yeah, no, I mean, no. yeah. Hey, I noticed. One, uh, is it Nathan? Are you the Are you the Paul Paul Krasner fan? Or I, I like Paul. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. We've, we've spoken to him a few times here. Yeah. And he he was also involved in the '90s. And Nancy Kane, uh-huh. uh, his partner was was uh, was one of yeah. my mentors when I started. And uh, really, yeah. Yeah, well, Nancy Nancy was uh, uh, one of the correspondents at the '90s, and she was one of the people who sort of taught me how to shoot. So, I mean, I it's uh, well, I, I owe a lot to all those folks because they taught me how to make movies and they taught me how to tell stories. So, it's, well, it's fun. I like what I do. Well, I, it's a terrific film, as we said. It really will get you thinking about this in a serious way. Congratulations on being on the short list for the Academy Awards. Oh, terrific, thanks. terrific work, uh, Patrick Creighton. The, the film is. 
IOUSA. It will be. Uh, where, when we, I know we're going to be playing in here at UCI, but is what's in the works? Is it uh, coming out? Uh, the DVD will be out in December. If you Excellent. go, like I said, though, if you go to IOUSAthemovie.com, if you're an educator or a community organizer, you can set up a screening in your community or on your campus. They are really good about that. Uh, the film is owned by a nonprofit group. They're happy to help uh, set up screenings in, in local communities. We've screened on like 100 college campuses so far. So if you want to show it to a group, I would contact, uh, go to the website and contact them through there. If you just want to have a, a copy of it at your home, uh, the DVD will be available, I think, in a few weeks. Well, you can find well, out it, about that on the website, too. It's a Excellent. film that's literally ripped from today's headlines, uh, and uh, we'll be playing it here at UCI very, very soon. So so thank you so much for oh, coming back you, to film. Thanks, Mike. And thanks a lot, Nathan. Thanks for having me. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.